You know she's having like issues, like her muscles aren't working anymore. Is it like a mess? I don't know. Uh. A mess or like a mess? <laughs> a mess? <laughs> it's a hot mess, bitch. Yes. Saying, yes mess. <laughs> Did you a see that episode <laughs> of fucking South Park where they talk about Asperger's <laughs> and then Cartman goes and he puts burgers in his fucking trousers and he's like, I have, I have Asperger's. Asperger's. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> At intro, <laughs> intro. Welcome to Thunder Noodle. It is Wednesday. Slay. I almost got confused. <laughs> I'm like, what? What is it? What are we doing? <laughs> what is happening? <laughs> what is happening today is we have Cupcake back in studio, and we are doing our segment W. T.L. What? The law. The law. She is bringing us the sprinkles. She is icing the icing. The cherry (laughs) on top. On the top. Today we are doing a QA and a and we are so excited Mm -hmm. that we finally get to get some answers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I want to know and I want to know now. It's yeah. already been brought. Oh, okay. <laughs> ting, ting, ting. The time is going off. I've just always wanted to say that. So. <laughs> but, but, but welcome, bitch. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for having me. Welcome to Thunder Noodle. <laughs> okay. Oh, we just want to jump right in, guys. Let's get into Let's it. it. Okay. Yes. Let's let S start us off. S. Over to you. Thank you, B. <laughs> <laughs> so this is this is from the list. You yeah. are prepared to answer my list. I sat for three hours last night working through an interview I did with our very friendly lawyer, just sifting through all the information and writing it down and sorting it out. And oh dear, so some other professional heard my questions as well. <laughs> we we had a little giggle. But it was just a little one. And it was only at the... Ah! It, so to give you reference, because I still think it's hilarious even now. And I've listened to this thing like three times. When you ask something about an attempted murder victim pressing charges, I read it as a murder victim <laughs> pressing charges. And I was so like, huh? How can a corpse press charges? <laughs> So yes, we did have oh, a giggle. And at just that. so by the way, my dear S, it is not mauling. It isn't mauling. No. Cupcake also <laughs> um educated. Edu- ed- <laughs> educated us <laughs> on the appropriate words to use. But I can't remember, so it's it? mulling. Mulling. So you mull something over. You see, the Afrikaans is just uh, coming through. It's okay. I don't want to be mulling anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I'm, I'm, because I'm mulling life right now. Potentially <sighs> in, becoming an ESL teacher, so that is my job to correct English. So don't stress. Your body looks so confused. So we don't mull, we mull. Okay. Well, all I heard is she's going to be correcting my language. <laughs> <laughs> 
As long as you don't say you threw him with the something. Yo, there is nothing that irritates me more. She did that to me the other day. I and I looked, I was like, no, you like, did not. I will pick you up. And throw you. Yeah. Like, that's kind of how I You know, I you're feel. like, you like, say, I'm going to throw you with a piece of paper. So, you're going to pick me up and a piece of paper. I'm going to throw us together. Throw him off a rock. <laughs> Haven't you guys seen that meme? I'm going to hit one motherfucker with another <laughs> motherfucker. That's what I mean. <laughs> I am going to pick you up and fucking throw you. Well, in that case, then I'll, yeah. I'll allow it. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Just to be clear. I mean what I mean and I say what I mean. <laughs> okay. So, getting... I don't want to touch you. <laughs> okay. There's just a heading that says, the public is scared that he worked with someone. <laughs> I don't feel like that is where I should no, start. Below hey, that. It should be under questions. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Mind yeah, you didn't put a little sticker. This is printed skew. She's judging my printing. And I still spent like a half an hour trying to get the printer to work. <laughs> How do you print something skew? I don't know. How is it printed skew? I'm diagnosed with OCD. This is going to fucking drive me bonkers. Is it not that because... Just hold the paper skew. staple that's yeah. skew. Bitch, you know I'm sexy. <laughs> Don't can't just text me. Oh, it's not lined as in the middle. When you th- said skew, I'm thinking you're meaning like lopsided. No, it's printed like this. Do you want to look on my phone rather? No, it's okay. <laughs> We can swap. I'll just tilt my head a little bit. <laughs> we'll balance it out. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay. Questions. What determines... Okay, here comes my questions. Mm. Mm. You ready? I'm ready. Okay. What determines what court you will go to? Because I want to know. Because I hear all these things about the provincial court and the constitution's <laughs> the court. The provincial. <laughs> and, the, and the high court and the low court and the what, what court. How do I... Who goes to what court and why do they go to that court and why do they sometimes go to another court okay so murders are done in the regional and high court all offenses that can be done in the high court can now be done in a regional court jurisdiction is determined by where the offense was committed so your region yes so jurisdiction is so say if you are in the regional court and you commit a crime in say Brantford to you will end up in Blum if you get into the high court because each province has a high court and a region they've got district regional all of um you will be tried in the province the offense was committed in wherever the high court sits so that's if you end up in the high court So an example of this is you've committed six rapes in different places. The director of prosecutions can order the centralization of one trial on all the offenses in one place. So how we'll actually get into this in a later stage, but how that'll work is so say the rapes were committed between the Eastern Cape and Free State, but out of the 10 witnesses, six stay in Bloemfontein. They would rather move the four witnesses to Bloem than move six people to, say, PE in the Eastern Cape to do the trial there. So it works on which is easier. So that's how they determine that. Um, But what are the different types of courts? So the different types of courts... In South Africa, all deal with different kinds of cases and have different levels of authority. Some of the main types of courts are 
Firstly, you have the Constitutional Court. This is the highest court in South Africa for constitutional matters. It interprets the Constitution and ensures that all other courts and government institutions follow it. Then we have the Supreme Court of Appeal. Uh, this is the highest court of appeal for all matters. And then the higher court. This is the superior court that hears matters emanating from the lower courts. It also hears appeals from lower courts and can review their decisions. So that's how basically you end up in the high court if you've been in the regional court, is that if there's a dispute or some you're not happy or the magistrate isn't quite happy, they send you to the high court. And then if, it, if they realize that whatever you're happy goes against the constitution, then you go to the constitution. Yes. So the magistrate will make it or judge will make so a declaration. So it's basically the same principle as you are going to home affairs Go do your eye test over there. Oh, no, this yeah. form needs to be handed in there. Okay, go to this one because that's over there. Yeah. And then you can come right back here. Yeah, we have, we our mm. the whole system is systematic, which in paper sounds weird, but it makes sense. There's a process of doing things that the chain of command doesn't get messed up and that if there is something that does go wrong, everyone's protected that should be so then we have the magistrates court uh, which is a lower court that hears civil and criminal cases that are less serious or complex it also handles matters such as family law maintenance domestic violence traffic offenses and protection from harassment this is like judge judy mm, small claims court is more like judge judy uh-huh. yeah that is the next one okay. so the small claims court is a lower court that hears civil cases involving claims below 20,000 rand. It is a fast and cheap way to resolve disputes without lawyers. The only thing with this court is that you cannot appeal any decision. You can only go and review with very exceptional circumstances. And then... We have the Equality Court. This is a lower court that hears cases related to discrimination, hate speech, and unfair practices. It aims to promote equality and protect human rights. There are other types of courts that deal with specific matters such as labor, land, tax, children, and traditional justice. You can find more information about these courts from the Department of Justice and Constitutional Development. Okay, and then the other one you mentioned was the regional court. Section has a normal regional court? Mm. So your regional court would fall under your magistrate's court. You have your district and your regional. District deals with lesser offences and kind of just your everyday offences. Um, and then the regional courts is are, the magistrates court. Yeah, they both are, but the regionals yeah. deal with an area. So I the district, that. think of it this way: the district court in Blum will deal with issues emanating out of Blum. The regional magistrate can deal with issues emanating out of, say, Brantford, Soutpan, you know, anything close, anything in that district, in that like that okay. area. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, this one here, where you say that you can't, you can't do an appeal, you can only review for the small claims yes. court. Yes, I don't understand. So, what an appeal is is let's use for an example because I've used it. He used it quite a lot, yeah. which for me just makes so much sense. If you think of Oscar, no one was happy with the decision, so it went on appeal. 
it's the same concept if in a small claims court. If you aren't happy, so say I take you, you owe me 10 grand. I take you to the small claims court. We fight it out and the person in charge, because it's not a mad, it's a very iffy one. I'm not 100% sure who sits in a claim, small claims court, but I know it's not, they don't sit as a magistrate or a judge or anything like that. It's someone else, but I will get back to you on that. Um, they decide, no, you actually don't owe me 10000 That it was, you whatever agreement we had concluded, I can't appeal it. I have to accept it. Unless okay. I can completely blow everyone out of the water and come up with something mm. that like exceptionally changes the story. Yeah. Then it might go in review. Yeah. But other than that, it's it's one of the, it's, it that's it yeah, yeah. It's a quick thing. You get what you get, and you don't get upset. Exactly. Life sucks, and you're the lolly. Deal with it. <laughs> Speaking of appeals, can only the national prosecuting authority appeal a sentence, or can the family of the deceased say in a murder case? Because mm. I've seen in the what was the case oh the the suitcase murderer of mm. east london the i saw there that they said the mpa is not going to appeal the sentence but the mm. family still wasn't happy with the sentence given to the convicted murderer but then the mpa wasn't going to appeal it because it was more than the the minimum sentence so can only the MPA appeal a sentence or if the family isn't happy, can they also appeal the sentence? Okay, so only the NPA can appeal a sentence or an acquittal if there is an error in law and not an error in fact. So what that means is if there was an error in law, it's, there was a specific law that wasn't applied correctly or there was something within that process that was messed up. Uh, an error in fact is that you wore a blue shirt instead of a red shirt. You know, that's not... So if they're not happy with it, the if the family is not happy with the decision and the NPA decides they're not going to appeal it, then excuse. Then sorry. Sorry. If the magistrate or judge makes a factual finding, so he finds on fact that there is exceptional cir circumstances, the NPA can appeal. The accused can also appeal the sentence and conviction. So family of the victim has no right. Because obviously the way... If the victim was obviously alive, they would have a right. But in murder cases, the victim is deceased. Mm. So there's nobody to stand for them but it's except also, the MPA. So the way that our lawyer friend spoke mm. about it is that the accused is suffering the sentence. So he can appeal it because it's happening to him. The MPA can appeal it. But the family is just kind of, they're not allowed to. It's not, the trial doesn't really, you can make victim impact statements, you know, that type of thing. But the family is not really involved in that, that aspect so of it. That is so sad because that jumbles down to the trial is about the accused and not about the victim. But it is. It's about, so the trial is about the victim getting justice. So if ju like this, and this is what I've said before that mm. our law system is so protective of us as citizens that you will get you have a right to a fair trial, and if you got your fair trial, you got a reasonable sentence, you're fine. You justice has been served. If you as the family, because you must forget 
it's a lot of emotions mixed in with that mm-hmm. so is you as the family you can't be the one to ha- be judge and jury because obviously nobody wants any sentence is not enough but what if it's not just the family? What if it's the community as well? Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. There's, I've heard of cases where there was one case that I heard about in Tata where the guy, something happened. I'm not exactly 100% sure of what, but he was found, they found out, I think someone was murdered and the community found out and wanted to get to him to the point where they were almost breaking down the court um there have been cases and that over. happens a lot where the community mm. wants to take revenge that's a lot of the time why suspects are taken into custody it's not actually for them it's for their safety because the community is so riled up there was a case as well that in um maluti where there was a young boy that was a he was a teenager he was accused of raping a little girl wasn't him apparently the there was some conflict between the families and that's how his name got dropped and he was released the trial went on and they found out that everything's fine he's this is not him he didn't do it they let him go by that afternoon he was dead so because the community just couldn't accept it that is crazy we we have a whole list of questions but i'm gonna pop one in Somages. When things like this happen, when innocent people get accused for crimes they didn't do, mm. and it comes to light that they aren't guilty, how does our justice system or whatever go about that? Do we give them compensation for being locked behind bars for years without actually committing a crime? Or so, is it just, hey, you can just go on now? Generally, our whole logic is built on that beyond reasonable doubt. So they cannot be a single doubt in anyone's mind that this person did it they won't lock someone up willy-nilly yeah i think what she means is more in the sense of like that boy Mm. his reputation was destroyed publicly yeah and he was held obviously i want to say in captivity (laughs) he was held up until they could find that he wasn't guilty and then he got released but this was the thing it wasn't the the police went off tips from the community. The police went off tips from the family. But then afterwards, the our law system, system doesn't do anything except say, oh, it wasn't him. They don't compensate yeah, him or no, offer no him protection. Or if anything. you're acquitted, then you're acquitted. Like, so that is a, yeah. That's, that's very shit. Okay. Mm. Sure. But then what happens when a sentence is clearly under or overdone? Does... But the MPA does not appeal. Do we then just have to accept it? Because we're talking about the community being outraged. But what Mm. if the reason the community is outraged is because you can clearly see this guy committed murder. Now he only gets 15 years, but it was so brutal. Nobody understands why he got 15 years. Mm. And the MPA says, oh, no, but it is just that makes sense it's according to the law does it just have to be accepted or is there actually something that can be done so if the mpa doesn't appeal then they, then there's it's nothing done, yeah because the the thing is and we'll also get into this a little later but things like sentencing and all even bail applications are up to the sole discretion of that judicial officer there's no one that can come in and say to the magistrate or judge like oh i think they should get this sentence 
it is their sole discretion what they think is a worthy sentence is what will be handed down. And that falls into the appeals as well. The sentence isn't happening to the victims. It's happening to the accused. So the NPA will file an appeal if there's something wrong or if there's an error in judgment between sentencing and conviction. An example is with Oscar Pretorius again, how the NPA appealed the conviction and sentence that was handed down. So his initial sentence, I think, was only like seven years or something ridiculous. And that's when the NPA went, "Uh uh-uh, this this is not not right. Okay, I get that. does that fall into, I don't know, a kind of category, I guess you could say, where if two people had to commit pretty much a similar crime and one gets a higher sentence than the other, can they also be... How does that make sense? That is the, reason. the reason for the appeal is because mm. it has, it, similarly, this person has gotten a lesser sentence. Can they... I mean, what you're, I think what you're trying to say is can they use a different, another case... To reference this case. Yeah, almost like to justify. So that'll happen during sentencing, if anything. Like, if if they are sentenced already and they have the... The accused can apply for an appeal based on that fact. So Uh, the person who got a higher amount of years can turn around and be like, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, we did the same thing and look what they got. Yeah. But it doesn't necessarily mean that there will be a change in sentence. Maybe, okay. Yeah. Now, on that note, because for us to understand all of this, we obviously need to know the inner workings of the case. So what of true crime cases are public knowledge? So unfortunately, we are not allowed to access the dockets of criminal matters. So that's the police files. Only the court proceedings are available. So if we want to know anything about a case officially... We only have access to the documents and reports that come from within the court. We do not recognize, as well, just to add a little tidbit, we don't recognize redacted documents here. In criminal or civil proceedings, if evidence is inadmissible, it will not be typed in the records. In the case of a child, they will use initials. And in the case of domestic violence, protection of harassment as well, they all use initials. The identities of the parties involved are kept to a minimum. That's also why a lot of the information we won't have access to. Oh, so say the trials that I've seen from the US, mm. it there's a lot of the documentation, like you said, that have redactions on. So mm. that part of the, the document is applicable, but that other part isn't applicable. In our documents, that part that's not applicable will just not be typed. Yeah, it just won't be there. We don't recognize that is crazy. So it's not things out. Yeah, it's not, which is, I think, a good thing Mm. in a way, because only the relevant information is there. Yeah. But then in my mind, I feel like it would be better to have everything and then eventually have the possibility of having the redactions removed instead of just having no documentation of that information whatsoever. But I think that plays more into our access to it. So in the States, you can access those things. You have access to the 911 calls. You have access to documents that please file. We don't have that here. So there's no way for myself as a true crime podcaster Mm -hmm. to get any information 
on a case that isn't documents from the court that I can pull from the court proceedings itself. If I want more information, I either need to get some loose-lipped police officer to talk to me yeah. or I'm not going to know. The reality is, if the, so if the case has been concluded, then you will find everything in the, the law report. Everything will be there. Um, you're not gonna you might not necessarily find like every piece of evidence or what they were doing that day before something happened to them, but you will find the facts. That's what when we speak about the facts in law, it's what happened. So what, who was it? What did they do? Yeah. When did they do it? What was the outcome? But this only goes for cases that have been concluded. Yeah. Obviously, open cases that they are still investigating doesn't. But yeah. uh, what happens with cold cases? Cases that are just lying there that are technically supposed to be open, but they're cold cases. Is there no That's... way to access it, that information? There's no databases or anything. I think that you would probably have a better chance if you went to your a police station or s spoke to someone, had a contact somewhere. Yeah, because the police that I have spoken to to get mm. information on cases, they really do not want to talk to you. So they're not allowed to, technically. Oh. That's why you have the media statements. Yeah, because I've only spoken to media mm. spokespersons. It's So they, if they tell you anything, it will be what they told News 24 and ENCA. Yeah. Because and the, one, the one spokesperson... Oh, I gave her information that she that I found mm. that she wasn't a well I wouldn't say not aware of but she didn't mention that she knew anything of it so I don't know if she just didn't want to say too much and then she said she will send it through to the investigating officer so mm. I asked her for the number of the investigating officer so I can speak to her myself so you know we don't have to I don't have to keep phoning you and bothering you the whole time like I have been for weeks and then she just kind of relays it a bit she doesn't yeah. she doesn't want to give me the number so now i don't know is it to not put that person in that position or if she's technically not allowed to give me that number and she doesn't want to say she's not allowed to give me that number i think it's a bit of both yeah. um i don't think they are just allowed to give out investigating officers numbers yeah. willy-nilly yes but i also do think she wouldn't know anything of the case either yeah. she would know what she's been told yeah. to say she was however quite keen for me to send her questions and she would forward it to the mm. the officer i haven't heard back though but it's quite yeah, hey she's, maybe she's the middleman like. yeah maybe we'll get somewhere that's quite crazy yeah. now that we're talking about the information of the case say it comes to light that there was this person gets arrested for something but then they realize, oh, this person is also part of another case that is either a new case or an ongoing case. What makes cases able to merge if more information comes to light? Or do different happenings just get new trials or new cases? Or do they bring it together and mm. just make one big, okay, Pity did this, so let's just throw in all of his caboobles. Just uh, immediately had the image of toys being thrown in a toy box. <laughs> that is what I'm imagining because that is my daily life. <laughs> okay, so in Does law... Does it relate to Barbie? <laughs> it goes in the Barbie box. So in law, it's referred to as joinder. In the Criminal Procedure Act, if there's a theft syndicate running, let's say, for example, um, the scam is there, but the theft is here. 
So basically what that means is if you get scammed out of your cell phone or your, you know, those emails that everyone gets, don't click the link, you know. Oh, that beautiful PayPal thing yes. that happened to you. Yes. Yes. So let's not go there. <laughs> um, so the scam happened there. But me sending the phone and that that's the crime. That's the theft. So that, that happened here. The crime is committed here, obviously. It's been done to multiple people that this, like, this has happened to many people. It's not just you, you know, that you find out there's, say, 10 other people. If you are lucky, they, they will put the suspect's name into a database. And if it throws out that he's in custody somewhere, the director of pro public prosecutions in one of the areas will determine where most of the witnesses are. Then join all the dockets. It will be sent to where it's the most convenient. And then the state will bring an application to join all the charges. So that oh, okay. refers to what I said earlier, yes. where they'll go, similar concept, there's 20 people in Blum, but six people in Kimberley. Okay. They'll do it in Blum. Okay, but then what happens if new evidence comes to light in court? Say a witness just blurts something out randomly that has not been stated before. Does the case get postponed for investigation of that if it's something that seems legit? Or do they just carry on with the trial with or without the information? Okay, so let's take two different scenarios. One, a person is charged with theft and through the course of the trial, they found that the house was burned down. They Well, that the person burned the house down. Um, initially when they were on scene the house was had been burned but they didn't put the two and two together so the person is only charged with housebreaking and theft you cannot add charges during the trial the person pled to those charges so you can't add an arson charge during that proceeding what will happen is they will now instruct an investigating officer to investigate a charge of arson and will then be tried separately for that. Oh. Then if evidence comes out during the trial that you made a statement as a witness that a specific person did it and they are now on trial. So mm. this is the second scenario. During the course of that evidence, you make a statement that you were forced to say that this person did not do it. Someone else did. The attorneys will obviously jump on that. And this could lead to the acquittal of the first person's charges mm. but at the same time the state may charge you with perjury if you've made a previously inconsistent statement yeah. so this next bit of information is wild to me and it just proves how we don't play like our judicial system does not play if they have if they feel you are now lying to assist the accused they could ask you to be declared a recusatory witness and for your evidence to be rejected and then asked to cross-examine you on your evidence. They will try have you declared a hostile witness to make sure the accused is not acquitted. You are either refusing to answer the questions or you are withholding evidence, for example. They can keep you in custody for up to 24 hours, after which you will then be returned to court and the magistrate or judge will ask you if you are prepared to answer the questions and proceed. So this applies even if you're constantly saying, I don't know. So they ask a question and you're like, no, I don't know. I don't know. 
they will ask they will then also ask the judge or magistrate to declare you a hostile witness and then cross-examine you on your previous witness statement mm. if you refuse to come into the courtroom or say anything you will be warned and then alternatively declared a hostile witness mm. so either you answer the questions or you'll be put in a cell for 24 hours um what they usually do is they'll bring you back later during the day so say you're you were questioned in the morning, declared hostile witness, put in the cells. That afternoon before they finish up, they'll bring you back and they'll ask you, okay, are you ready to testify? Mm. And if you say no, or if you carry on doing it, you get sent back to the cells and they can just keep doing this. What? So if you don't, if you come back after 24 hours and you're still like, nah, nah, mm. I don't want to, I don't want to do this, they'll send you back. Okay, I have a random question. But you're not allowed to laugh at me. <laughs> S and I always say that our knowledge goes as far as movie references and the one or two documentaries we watch every now and again. And with that, a lot of things that confuse me are the differences between an American justice system mm. and our justice system. But one thing I've seen in American cases that I've found is they'll, a judge will say that they're not allowed to use a, a specific piece of evidence in court. And if they bring it up, you know, they mm. get told, is that not the same? We don't have it. It won't be put in the records in. There isn't, if there's evidence within a trial, yeah. it there, it won't be evidence if it can't be used as yeah. evidence. But my question is more of how do you decide what you, what they can and cannot use? Like what, what, what makes them make a decision of saying, actually, no, that you're not allowed to use or isn't going to be... Is it more of the fact... Maybe I'm going to answer your question. I don't know. Is it more of the fact that things that are relevant to the case do get put in? Yeah. But if he had a sandwich that morning and it's not relevant to the case whatsoever, then it doesn't get put in. So they're not going to put anything or declare anything as evidence in the beginning if it could hurt the trial. And that's generally what... So, And I do think it's more an American thing, but I will come back to you because... I'm not 100% sure, but that whole concept of evidence being presented in court pre-trial mm. as a way to be like, oh, look here, you know, look what we've got. And no, you can't use that. That's an American thing. Because okay. just know, like, if your knowledge comes from movies <laughs> or even podcasts mm. or even, like, documentaries, if it's not South African-based forget it yeah because it just blows my mind how different the two run if you look at it from an american justice Mm. system perspective and the way they run it it's so completely different to the way our country runs our justice system i I had to giggle and it blows my mind no it's it's ridiculous i was watching a program earlier and one of the women in it spoke about no you know, we're in America. We have the best justice system in the world. Oh. And I was like, no, you don't. Let's but be okay. fair. I don't think anybody knows what the fuck they're doing. I don't either, girl. Don't I worry. must say, though, like, when on paper, we probably have one of the fairest systems, yeah. in my opinion. I think our, our issue is it's just not always executed the best way it could be. Our issue is the is parliament that's ah! our issue <laughs> <laughs> okay so getting back onto the testifying the basic ideology of the courts is that you don't decide if you're going to testify or not 
if you are called, this is why I say we don't play. Like this whole thing. So it's not I decide if I'm going to be no, a witness. It you is are, you are a witness. If you are called as a witness, you are testifying. Whether they have to lock you up or not, you will tell them what happened. Like we don't play, bro. Heavy. You're going whether you want to or not. You're going to speak. Like your social anxiety means nuts. <laughs> we don't have that. I plead the fifth. Mm-mm. What amendments? <laughs> We don't have amendments. So if I go to court and I tell them that they're going to laugh in my face. So is there nothing that I could say Mm. equal to that? Like we we just said, we use movies as references. There's nothing that I'm sorry. I can't say anything because I think I'm going to incriminate yourself. Our law system's like, incriminate yourself. (laughs) If you have anything to say. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. (laughs) If you have anything to say that's going to incriminate you, let's incriminate you. We are ready. If you're guilty, then I mean. You made your bed. You probably shouldn't be messing with those people. No, I get that. That is. It's wild. It's oh, honestly unhinged. Yeah, girl, I think we need to um, relook at what our references are because we <laughs> are confused. We are confused. It's honestly like this is why I say it's this is why I say like people will giggle when they hear like if you speak to law professionals, yes. they'll giggle at certain things because our references are movies. Yeah, we can't be watching and Suits no. and thinking that is the way it's going to Our reference go. is Suits. Our reference <laughs> is Lord Judge Order. Judy, guys. Judge Judy. You know, that's how we think about these things. But those are American systems. They're not yeah. South yeah. Africa. Which blows my mind because I just think it's crazy how so many different people have been like, I'm going to deal with criminals this way. I'm going to deal with it that way. And everybody's like, okay, well, let's just let it be. Whatever happens, happens. But this is why I said, like, in the last episode, how, yes, we are such a young democracy, but we have one of the dopest legal systems because we don't play. You know, we don't play. We don't mess around. And on that note, I want to say that these are many questions and we've only gotten through the first little bit. So I do think it would be best for us to break this up into parts. Yeah. Here at Thunder Noodle, we don't make you wait for part two. We don't make you wait for part three. We will post all of them at the same time. But for your convenience, we will break them into smaller episodes. So So you don't have to listen to four hours, but if you want to, you can. So that concludes part one. Yeah. And then we will see you just one thunderstorm on in (laughs) part two. Beautiful. Girl, look at you play on words. Poetry. (laughs) Okay, guys, see you next episode. Bye. Okay, bye.